Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Joining today, she's an actress and life and dating coach. It's Natalie Stavola. How are you doing today, Natalie? Hi, I'm doing really great. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the game. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up. Okay, great. <laughs> um, I'm originally from Connecticut, um, Danbury, Connecticut, Southbury, Connecticut in that area. So I kind of like to say it's like the suburbs of New York. I can't claim New York. New York is really cool, but I do like to go back and like visit New York a lot. Like I grew up like getting to go to Broadway and, um, you know, actually what I mostly did was with my dad and my brother, we went to a lot of baseball games, football games, um, New York giants, of course, uh, and WWF, WWE, um, you know, when it changed over NWO, like I grew up doing that. Um, and then we, and then I also lived in Florida for a while too. My family moved down there. Um, and I, I split my time between, uh, I'm very active, but I'm also such an artist and very introvert too. Like I'm an active introvert. So growing up, I did a lot of like, I read a lot of romance novels and books and fantasy and sci-fi. My nose was always in a book. So oftentimes, even when I was going to like football games or baseball games, (laughs) you would like my nose would be right in a book. The only time I put that book down was wrestling events because those were fun to watch and then um the if anyone knows about like the subway series yet um the the Nets versus Yankees uh, Mets versus Yankees you are I would put the book down because you would turn around and you would watch like New York being pitted against each other that was like (laughs) that was a show so it was a very like I'm I grew up on the ocean I also grew up in the woods I'm you know and I also grew up going to the city so I am just a mix of like I snowboard, I I jet ski, I boat. I had my boater's license before I actually could drive a car. And then I drove a car like I drove a boat. <laughs> Gas it on the turns. Um so I it's a I'm I'm a mix of all things. I'm just yeah, I'm a introverted, uh adventurous nerd. You talked about a lot of different activities that you and your family did. Was that very important for your family to kind of be together, kind of build that bond with each other and enjoy the time that you had before as you people get older and everyone goes their different ways. Oh, we still do it. I come from an Irish Italian family. So we are like really big on family, community, communion. Um, growing up every weekend was like big dinners and big events and big poolside things at my uncle's house. Um, my uncle Mike, that was my godfather. So yeah, very Italian. <laughs> you show up and you see everyone in like the black suits and it's the middle of summer. That's how I grew up. Um, and the Irish side too, like family events are very important. My mom, as I was growing up, what happened to her too is she really realized that traveling the world and doing things with family was really important and kind of like seeing that culture and seeing the world. So she made it a point where like once a year we were going on trips. We are on the crazier side. Some of our trips were like, you know, all getting certified to go scuba diving and then going to the Cayman Islands to like Stingray City. And uh, yeah, and then running with the bulls in Pamplona uh, about like seven years ago or something in Spain. Um, We are, (laughs) we take like snowboarding trips together, skiing trips together. I snowboard, a lot of them ski. Um, And now my brother has a family and, uh, you know, we all kind of moved all over the place, but we make it a point like that's kind of like the home base now where he's at. And you know, my family does triathlons. So my mom, I just talked to my mom today and in August, we all want to get together and do a tri- triathlon. And by we, I mean, they're going to do it. I'm going to <laughs> I do. That's the one thing I'm like, 
You can catch me running with the bulls and skydiving. I go skydive with my family. I will not. I'm not running. I'm not running. I'm not doing a marathon. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but yeah, it's very important to us. I love that you mentioned how like your family get together and once at least once goes on trips because that's what my mom and I are doing. Like we're trying every year, pick a time, go on trips and just enjoy and kind of explore, try different areas. We've been making it kind of hit every place in Florida. Like mm-hmm. every year we pick a beach spot in Florida and then we go back to Orlando and do a different theme park. So we're trying now a different state, but it's the memories and kind of loving that time because you look back and you're like, wow, we actually did that. That, that I, exactly. Like my family now, we, I mean, we're used to laughing, but the family trips, I mean, it's like, especially with my family, it's, um, I don't know how yours is. Uh, but with family dynamics, you guys can get to like laugh at each other. You all have the same yeah. buttons. You all have the same things that bother you and that irritate you. With my family, I will say the one thing that's great too about them is that we all kind of take turns riffing on each other. <laughs> and we all do something ridiculous when it comes to family vacations. I remember my mom one time, we went to Italy and um, my mom had it in her head that if you just talk slower and louder that somehow that's going to break the the language barrier. And we were <laughs> lost. We didn't know where we were. We meet, the, we find this older gentleman, older Italian man in the streets. And my mom starts pointing to a map and like screaming at him and speaking slower and louder. This man looks at her and he starts in Italian speaking slower and louder at her. <laughs> and then they do it and it's escalating and they're trying to communicate. And my brother and I are like, this is, this is what, this is, these are the Stavolas in, in, in Italy. <laughs> but like, it's still, that's something from years ago, but it's like, we get to laugh at this and like have such these like beautiful moments and memories, but also like you get to add in different people that you've met and different experiences. And I'm sure that guy still talks about like these crazy Americans. <laughs> this lady was yelling at me in English. <laughs> so yeah, that the, the memories are, oh God. And the, I think the trick too is learning how to be present as best yeah. as you can when those experiences are happening. That's That's been the trick for me. Did you have anyone that was a role model and inspiration for you as you were growing up? In a good way or what not to do? <laughs> whatever, whatever way you looked at it. Hmm. I, you know, my grandmother was a very big pillar in our family. And she was someone that brought the brought us together. And we had a lot of that. Um, there was a lot of like chaos too. A lot of things that happened in the family for sure. And I think from each person what I really gained was that we're all human, so mm-hmm. human, including myself. As fast as I was trying to run away from some of my family members, not become like them, I would. I am. I am a Stivol. I'm an Irish Italian Weisberg Stivol through and through. And what it was really cool is that looking back on it, I did. I looked up to my mom. I looked up to my dad. I looked up to everyone in different ways because what I really got to see is that like there's a shadow side to all of us. And, um, and we get to honor our strengths and work on our, our, um, the things that, you know, are our Achilles heel. I don't want to say weaknesses because I don't really believe that we necessarily have weaknesses. I don't like that word because some people will go, oh no, I'm weak. And we don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. Um, I think we all have like things that we're overcoming. And I, I, even now, like later on in my years, 
I've grown so much and I've healed so much that like I've gotten to appreciate and look up to my parents and the all members of my family on such a deeper level and like such a deeper understanding. So all of them, I would say. As far as when I was like absolutely growing up, my nose was in a book. So I was probably it was I was probably, you know, admiring things like that or people on the screen. Um yeah. And then yeah, and then different members of my family at different times for sure. As you're growing up, sometimes we're asked that fun question, what is that dream job of ours? What was that dream job for you that you were wanting? Oh my goodness. It was always actor. My family would joke that I was going to be a heart surgeon. I had such (laughs) a bleeding heart. So it was a running joke for like 20 years in my family that like I was going to go on and be a heart surgeon and I was going to be broke because there'd be no way that I'd be able to turn away anyone, which is true. There's no way. Um, like, I wouldn't even care if they were like, you're going to lose your, you know, you're not going to be able to practice here. I'd be like, well, too bad then. I'll just find somewhere else and I'm working on this person. Um, I would be like that. Uh, so it was a running joke and I cared a lot. Of, I care a lot about people. So um, it wasn't, that wasn't in my soul though. And I just knew even in high school when they were like preparing you for like, all right, we're going to go to college. What are you going to do? And I was talking about surgeon and, and heart surgeon. And I, uh, I had the skills, I had the, the, you know, the brain to do it, to study it, but it, there was something in me that was going, I can't do this. There's no, I just knew that like there, that takes a level of being able to walk through, uh, losing people that I just don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I already have to lose things in life. We already do. I, I just didn't want to, I don't think I'd be able to do that. Really, I always knew since I was five that it was the stage. Always, 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 always. It's just that it was not something that like was encouraged because like there was no career to it, you know, no one knew how. So my family was very big on like, you need to get an education and you're going to college, period. So I went and I did um, psychology and I studied psychology and public relations and communications. For a little bit, I was double major um, psychology and uh, um what was it? Psychology and criminology for a little okay. bit of time. I really wanted to do if I, cause I didn't know if I was going to be able to, to be an actor, it was not allowed. And I was like, there's no way, how am I going to do this? Um, so for a little while I was like, all right, if I can't be a heart surgeon. Well, I'm not sure about the arts because the art was like, oh my God, it was something I, I keep so close to my heart that like I get to share with the world. Now I was like, what else is there? I was like, uh, FBI criminal profiler. That's what I was like. <laughs> I was around so many like crazy people and having to figure out life and having to figure out people. I am so good at it. I've gotten to use those skills and those tools in my coaching career. So (laughs) with those different kind of studies that you were going into, were you kind of, you talked about like books was something major. Was it all about that learning aspect that you just enjoyed, like learning all those different things? Cause, or Absolutely not. Because <laughs> I'm like, no. like I, I'm not that way. I'm more, yeah. if I hated college for like the studying reason, because I'm like, get me in yeah. the real world. Let me really test my skills and learn that way. Then me sitting in a class for two hours and I'm going to forget, like, I don't even remember anything I took in my accounting class, but Mm-mm. I had to take it. Yeah. I Props to you for showing up. <laughs> I, I did not. So this is so bad, but this is also like my ego, like too. So I was, um, I was, I'm a, I'm a book smart nerd kind of thing. Like, uh, we, we used to joke that my brother got the street smarts. I got the book smarts. 
we <laughs> learned, we both kind of switched and we learned and like, I wound up getting some more street smarts and he got some book smarts. Uh, but what would happen is I wouldn't show up. I didn't show up to high school. I didn't show up to college. I didn't show up because I would learn what I needed to learn at home. Mm-hmm. And then I would always pass the test. And I was a little cocky because I was like, you can't get me in trouble. Like you can't, like, I'm like, I'm, I had a 3.9 weighted, it was weighted GPA in high school. And I graduated with a 3.0 in college. I was like, you can't touch me. But that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was a, I was a little bit of a troublemaker. Um, But my nose in a book was more of actually an escape. It was an escape. I have a really great retention. And so when, when I learn things, they, they stick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that skill has been very useful over the years. So let's say that like, I, you know, oh, here's the reason why too. When we moved from Connecticut down to Florida, you put a, a snowbird down next to the ocean for the first <laughs> time. And then I'm starting to drive. I'm not showing up for school. You got to be out of your mind. And I will say that <clears throat> I'm, I'm sure that the Florida education is, is, has been growing and they're changing some things now, which is great. Uh, Connecticut's education is amazing. So when I came down, I was about a year to two years ahead mm-hmm. and education wise, we would, they were, we were studying things in Florida that I was like, I'd already done two years prior. So I was like, freedom. And so, you know, there were times, especially when I started driving that I would pull into class or pull into school, pull into parking lot, hear that bell go off. And I'm like, I could, I could go to class. I could do it. I could do it. Or. I could go to Burger King and go to the <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. We're not today. And and I, you know, and there's so there was a running joke that like um I would show up for I don't know how or why, but I would always show up at, for class at the right time whenever it was test day. And I remember Mr. Smith, one of my English teachers, was would be like, Mr. Vola, because I'd walk in. He's like, Who told you today was a uh, pop quiz? Who messaged you? And I was like, no one. I was, I was just so lucky. So lucky. So, okay. One more story on that one. That's it. Okay. So before I graduated high school, I don't know if I could say this. I'm gonna get in trouble. Um, <laughs> I actually, now part of it too, I did miss, we did miss a lot of school because in 2005, we had two hurricanes hit us three. I'm sorry. We had three hurricanes hit us. So we had to actually stop school for a bit. And like, they had to clean up the debris. We had, you were like canoeing down the road. Power was out for months on end. Um, it was crazy. So, uh, there was part of that, part of the reason why I missed some school was that, um, the day before I graduated that I was about to walk, I got called into the vice principal's office (laughs) and, uh, they actually sat me down and they were like, you know, technically we can't allow you to graduate. You've missed a combined two years of school. Wow. This is not a joke. I'm not making this up. I'm not embellishing this. They were like, we can't technically let you graduate. Now at this time, um, I had already gotten into college, you know, it was well on my way. Like it was, you know, they, I was, I was a party throwing band geek nerd, but like party or two. It was like, I'm all, I was like, a just, I'm just a mix of all things. <laughs> um, and so I, <clears throat> so I looked, I, I looked at her and I was like, and I leaned in and I can't believe I did this. I can't believe the cockiness I had. And I still, I leaned in and I looked at her and I was like, do you really want me here for another year? <laughs> and I walked the next day. My brother, who's two, who was two years behind me at the time, 
after I left, they changed the system to where you couldn't uh, be at a school for more than three consecutive days. My brother was so mad at me. <laughs> he was like, this is your fault. I'm like, it is. I definitely did that. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> During yeah. college, did you find ever any new passion projects or something that you were passionate about besides acting? Because that was really your main love was to be an actress as you were getting older hmm (laughs) college was a bit of a I went to FSU so there was a lot of like my new passion became alcohol for a little bit and then eventually got got sober um psychology it was psychology when I started when I started those classes I was it was just like oh yeah it (sighs) The only thing I can think of is like, it's like feeding crack to an addict, but I, that's not a good analogy. <laughs> but, like, so again, but when I, when I found psychology and I found like learning more about the human behavior and the human mind, I mean, that was, that was everything that was like fascinating. I started dipping into like writing courses too. What fascinated more was like Greek and Roman mythology. And I started dipping into like um, how all of these different religions um, had so many similarities. So I started studying because I grew up Catholic and then I went to some Christian churches and I felt very like something was missing. Mm-hmm. And also I could see a lot of like there, I don't mind religion. I don't mind people going to religion. I love spirituality. I love all that. I think that there are many ways to get to whatever you need. Um, as long as you know that it's like, you're not God, then we're good. Uh, yep. I I just... I could also see the pain of things because I think sometimes people have a tendency to put people up on a pedestal, priests, pastors, um, you know, churchgoers, whatever, put people on a, on a pedestal and their word is gospel when we are forgetting that those people are actually human, mm-hmm. very much so human. So I, I was really intrigued by like um, religion and different religions. And so when I started studying Greek and Roman mythology and and religion and the uh, different um, empires, the fall and rise of those and, uh, and the history of religion, I really started seeing the similarities and how like everything coincided. And it started to feel like, I don't believe for me that the answer lies within one, but I think it lies within all of us. I think the key, and which is why I love being a relationship coach, I'm a life and dating coach, but it's all about relationship with yourself and relationship to others. I think that the answer lies within learning about ourselves and connecting to community um, and the relationship that we have. And I think that the answer is like us being able to connect with each other because nowadays, especially right now, there's such a disconnect. We're taught fear. We're fear mongering, which I learned about in PR. That's a tactic. We've PR people have been doing that for a long time on, on, on when you have it in media and news and, um, newspapers, we've been getting divided and, and getting each other to fight with each other. It's a, it's just a tactic. It's one, because when you're in fear, you're easily controlled and you're easily manipulated. Yep. I know that, you know, when I'm in fear, I make really stupid decisions. I'm human. I, I make a quick impulsive decision because I'm operating in my amygdala. I'm operating in my fight or flight. So I'm going to actually create a, a, a confirmation bias. If I'm in fear of finances, I'm going to freak out and I'm going to do something where I'm going to wind up spending money on some stupid course that didn't help me or like throwing money at something when really if I'm going out and I'm missing the phone call from my friend that's coming in telling me, hey, I got an opportunity for you. So it's learning how to like regulate that and regulate your emotions and process those fears so that, that way you can feel the truth. 
so that you can listen to your intuition, so that you can tell when someone's feeding you BS and feeding you their fears versus, you know, offering hope or connection. Post-college, what was the direction you were going in now? As far as? As a career or in your personal life, did you, was that the direction you were wanting to head? I mean, shoot, I think that my direction was, when I graduated college, I knew that it was now or never that like I was going to jump in because on the side, I was starting to sneak away, do acting classes. I, um, I'm also a slam poet. Like I do poetry. I, it, I'm i just, I am art <laughs> through and through. And I've noticed that when I'm only being of service and when I'm only helping other people and I'm only coaching, I am a mess. I'm not happy. I'm miserable and I'm not effective as a human or as a person. But when I'm on stage, when I'm feeding my soul. So when I graduated college, I knew I was like, it's this I'm going to, and I, and I told people, I was like, people would ask me like, okay, what are you going to do now? And I was like, I'm going to do what I've always known that I needed to do. And I'm going to be an actor. And I had a lot of resistance. I had people in my life that went, good luck. Hope you have a backup plan. And I was like, cool, tight. You're not in my life anymore. Yeah. And I started to learn how to speak up for myself because I didn't, I'd been ruled by listening to other people and, and being told, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I did it because I, I just didn't, I didn't know I was want. To answer your question, I was just wandering around in life, like looking for the answers, just like other people and getting, getting my butt kicked by some spiritual lessons that I now get to teach other people and pull them through. So coaching became something that I, I fell into because I already had the degree. Um, I started doing uh, programs where I was mentoring women and mentoring people. And then this fell into my lap. And then last year, I kind of ventured out on my own, not kind of, I ventured off on my own and became my own boss doing this, which is scary. Uh, But I knew that I needed to uh, respect my art. And I was, you know, working too much and helping others and feeling depleted and feeling off. And I knew that like, this is, you know, I can't give to you if I'm not giving to me. Mm -hmm. With coaching, a lot of times people will connect to that coach because they've gone through the struggles and through the challenges. How, with your personal journey, was there a significant part that when you're helping someone that's gone through something you've gone through, it does it trigger you or does it bring up the bad memories? How does that play in a role? What an amazing question. I have never had anyone ask that question. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> okay, this is so important because um hold on, let me let me just do that. I'm a little under the weather if we don't <laughs> cut this part, but <laughs> apologies because I want to be present for this. Um I love that question. So I've noticed this in uh in myself and others in life and in humans and in coaches and therapy and therapists. Because again, I I am not to be put on a pedestal either. I know some stuff. I've been through some stuff, but I don't know everything and I'm not for everyone. And I think a really big thing is that a lot of people have a tendency to put coaches, therapists, celebrities, um, uh, gurus or whatever on a pedestal. And yo, we are human. Yeah, I'm over here making like way worse mistakes. That's how I know what you're, what someone's going through is like, I'm like, I just did that and figured it out. Uh, so in the beginning, when I first started coaching, I was coaching men. I still coach men. I coach women too, but mostly who gravitates toward me and who, who I, I wind up helping a lot of his men, which I think is great. I think 
um, men seeking more help and seeking it from a woman where they're like, I want to, you know, process my emotions and learn how to have a healthy love life. I'm like, oh my God. In the beginning, I was definitely triggered a lot and I had to be aware of it. At that point though, when I was coaching and when I started to really coach, I had already done a lot of work and years of work as far as in therapy triggers, um, character defects versus character assets, like my own shadow work where when it would come up and I would feel it, I was aware and I um, knew to be careful in that space because now I will say, obviously, as a coach, I've grown. I'm a better coach today than I was two years ago. Uh, But everyone, you know, you, you get everything that you need anyway. I, some of the biggest things was I was coaching men on, on, on owning their sexuality and how to like flirt with women. And I have my own trauma in that area. And so I'm sitting here helping these men pick up women and I'm like, I'm also having to, which was beautiful. I also had to explain to men the amount of women who get roofied and how like if you break down a woman's boundaries, that's actually considered rape. It's called last minute resistance. But what I didn't know and what I learned was that oftentimes as a woman, especially when you get into feminism and ultra feminism, I love feminism. Feminism just means equal rights. We took that and people took that into like something terrible. Same way with masculinity. Masculinity is a beautiful thing. In fact, we all have it in us. As a woman, I have masculine energy in me. So we can shame ourselves and be like, masculinity is toxic. No, it's not. Wounded is. Wounded can be. Um, You can also find your gifts through that. So as a woman, there are times where like I've projected my wounds onto men and been like, screw men. They can't think. They don't think about anything. They only care about themselves. They don't have emotions. And as I coached, I realized that Women have a lot of trauma and we've gotten that. And then you've had some that have turned into the ultra feminists, which in that wounded space, they're actually projecting those wounds onto the younger men and still continuing and perpetuating more trauma. They're going, be quiet, men. It's a woman's turn to talk. It's like, that's actually what got us into this problem in the first place. Men were taught to not speak up on their emotions and only be allowed anger. And when I'm coaching these men, my mind got blown. I had, as my triggers came up, and I let them pass and I worked with them and I would see, you know, I would remove them because when I entered into that coaching space, it's not a, it's not about me. Something's coming through me. I won't usually remember what even I said. I have no idea. Oftentimes I'll say something cool and my, my clients will be like, oh my God, that was great. And I was like, I don't even know what I just said. And I'm trying to do better now to write it down so I can like actually make Instagram posts. <laughs> I'm like, it's not coming from me. It's coming from the years of like people that have helped me or something in that moment. So I'm taking myself out of it. I'm feeling the triggers as Natalie, the human being and, and working on that. But what I'm really hearing is I'm like, oh my God, there by the grace of God go I. So what I mean by that is it's a term that I've heard and I didn't understand it. And by God, I mean higher power, whatever you believe in, law of the universe, energy, whatever. Um, I realized that I was like, we're in the same container, like especially with America. We have each country and culture has their own limiting beliefs, culture of limiting beliefs, um, trauma, everything. And men are taught a lot of times, especially in America, that you have to, um, you know, you have to have sex with a woman on a first date or she doesn't like you, that you have to manipulate a woman, um, that you, that all women are, are, um, uh, only caring about like a man's money and, and that's just biology. And like, they're taught these lies and they're taught to actually like 
hurt a woman essentially and not realize. And women are taught, oh, men can't speak to us because there, there's a disconnect. We don't, we don't connect emotionally. Um, screw them. Like it's a, it's a lie. It's a freaking lie. There is, I do not believe in the whole, like the more that I've coached men, this whole men are for Mars, women are for Venus. No. Not at all. It's just two people trigger each other and you're not going to be able to hear each other anyway until you learn about your damn triggers. Mm-hmm. And it's and it, and it's been the most healing experience of my life to get to sit across from people who don't have the same walk of life as me, don't have the same skin tone as me, don't have the same gender, whatever. And I am hearing all the similarities and realizing, oh, shoot, we're all we all have trauma or we all have pain or we all have obstacles or we all have stuff. Some of us are still projecting that pain on other people. Some of us are abusive as shit and need to be like put in a timeout for a long ass time. You know, some of us are learning how to no longer do the Stockholm syndrome in America where it's like we elect abusers and abusive people and then tell the victims of that that like you need to like, you know, heal and forgive your abuser. And it's like, no, hold abusive people accountable, damn it. But that's a whole other topic. But I'm I'm seeing and I'm hearing the similarities. And the more that we can see that, the more that we can hear each other. I think that that's a big key in, in uh, kind of helping overcome a lot of the obstacles that we have that we're facing today. Do you feel that helps with the connection you have with your clients that you work with is going through those traumas and struggles? Do you feel because for my example, when like I it's in a different subject with fitness I gravitate towards someone that has the same struggles as a diabetic because they understand what I go through on a daily basis than someone that is not in a diabetic, but in that fitness industry. So do you feel that you see that even if you, like you mentioned, I loved how you mentioned that everyone comes from different walks of life, but in some way there's some similarities that can be seen, but we can utilize each other to help learn, connect and grow as each other through the struggles that we've gone through. Oh, 1000%. And I love that. And I love how you said that too. Um, I Absolutely. It wouldn't matter if someone's man, woman, black, white, brown, whatever, when you're looking for something that with that similarity and you're going like, okay, I have ADHD or I have OCD and I need, and I want to learn something or I have, you know, I want to learn how to get fit, but I have other obstacles because otherwise what can happen is when someone doesn't understand fully and they can, they can resonate, they can empathize. But when someone hasn't like absolutely kind of gone through it, it can sometimes feel like a dismissal. Yeah. And we get that a lot. Some people can accidentally shame, you know, some people can go, oh, um, you know, you're just being lazy when really like, like for instance, for procrastination, for the longest time, I thought that I was lazy. I'm a procrastinator Um, that like, I, I can't seem to like, just get my stuff done. Um, I had no idea that I had that ADHD as a big part to do with that. And also trauma. I had no idea. Um, there were certain things too, that I had to learn. Like I've learned a hard way for some of my lessons that I've gotten to help other clients with, which is, um, the limiting beliefs. This is where I connect with people on. Uh, so for my experience, I don't, I did not know what safety felt like in my life. I had no idea. And throughout and even through sobriety, because I'm sober now, coming up on six years, I had no idea because I would pick the wrong partners. I would be around the wrong people and I would get myself in some really messed up situations. I didn't know. I didn't mean to. 
I did not know that trauma was ruling the show. And I was thinking that I was in charge. Mm -hmm. And what was happening was that I had to get to a point. I got involved in the protest in 2020 and um, I got hit. I got hit hard because I saw I jumped in front of some things and uh, I saw something. I'm grateful for that experience because I learned a lot more about how the world works in America. And I am, you know, I'll never have the I'll never have the experience of walking this world as like, you know, uh, uh, gay or LGBTQ um, or brown or black. I don't have that experience. I have like maybe some of it with like owning sexuality. I can, you know, I can understand that. I can feel that. Um, I can understand a little bit. I can try to, when it comes to like trauma and not feeling safe in the world, I can, you know, but there's different things that like, um, you know, those walks of life. But I will say that when I got some of that experience, just a little bit, it allowed me to go, Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, and take a hard look at myself and undo some of my own programming. So for me, what I notice is that like one of the limiting beliefs of like, I'm not safe. That's a trauma and a limiting belief. I'm not safe. Um, the world's not safe. I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get hurt. Bad people are going to hurt me. Um, whatever. With That was running in the back of my mind for decades. And I mean decades. And until I got hit in that protest, I finally, because I knew I had PTSD. I already knew it. Like, I went to therapy years ago. And they're like, you have PTSD. And I'm like, so what? <laughs> and you know what I mean? I got two legs. I got work to do. Let's go. Like it's a, I'm a very like programmed Northeastern, like walk it <laughs> off. You're fine. <laughs> so um, when that happened and I really, I didn't, I really didn't have much of a choice. I needed to go into trauma work. And that's when I found out that that belief system that I had uh, and that trauma that I had of I'm not safe um, led me into and not saying that the the that the protest that it led me into the protest. That was just a beautiful gift that I walked through that I got to learn a lot more about other people that I don't look like or, you know, whatever in the world. Um, I look at that as a gift, but I, I did have to go into more trauma work on myself and realize that like those fears that I had of not being safe and those belief systems that I had and those trauma were secretly ruling my life. How it manifested was I would pick the wrong partners, pick toxic, toxic MFers, um, narcissists, psychopaths, even friendships, friendships. I had women that were like abusive um, and I had a high tolerance for it. So my clients, a lot of the times will have like insane amounts of abuse and um, addiction and and pain and trauma that they've gone through. And I, I get it. Um, then what I, it also manifests in career manifest in I'm on, I was unable to put myself out there because the fear of being exposed and attacked was so strong, whether it was real or perceived was so strong that the moment I started to see any success in life, sabotage, sabotage. And I had no idea that I, that my subconscious mind was, and my trauma was making the choices in my life for me. Something you mentioned and you talked about power was your sobriety. Talk mm-hmm. about that journey and what has that had as an impact in your life? Ooh, ooh. My sobriety journey is I like now that I'm sober, it is the it is the foundation of my life. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to, it gets to be, I should say. Um without it. I am not present without it. I'm not here without it. So before I got sober, it felt like there was a fog around me and I couldn't see and understand things very clearly. Like I could retain information. I can spit it out, but it was like, 
Mm-hmm. There was such a disconnect between like life and, and feeling. Yep. I felt like I had to force being able to feel things and, and force empathizing and force things. And I, and I could feel it. I was always a bleeding heart, but it was just this weird, like, and you're the last one to figure it out. I don't know if you've ever battled addiction or anything. Um, but you know, a lot of us can use it to numb. Some of us have the disease where once you start, you can't stop. And once you stop, you don't know when you're going to start again. Um, so that's the difference is some people will use drugs and alcohol and they could be a hard drinker or a hard user and just kind of overcome pain. And then there's those of us that have both where you have the addiction and alcoholism and then, uh, which is the same addiction and alcoholism. It's the same thing. They're synonymous. Um, and then, you know, I, I was the last one to figure it out. I had to be struck sober. I hated myself. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I, my skin would crawl. The voices in my head were so loud. I just wanted, I just wanted the pain to go away. I just wanted the voices in my head to stop. And I, I didn't know. I did not know that I, and it, and it's in my family. We have addicts and alcoholics <laughs> throughout my entire family. And, and I could see it and I didn't want to be like that. I couldn't figure out that that was, that was me. Cause what I did was I would try and, um, escape in other ways. I would escape in books. I would escape on the stage. I would escape on um, speeding. I did that a lot. <laughs> oh, I did that. I I escaped with people. I used people, you know, not proud of it, but like that comes up. I was using because I felt so awful. I just needed someone or something to make, make me feel better. And I didn't know that it was an internal job. Mm-hmm. Mind you, at this time, I have a degree. Like I, I know psychology. I know, but I, but I didn't, you didn't get, you just don't, you get it when you get it. And uh, eventually I wound up a little, uh, a little over five years ago, almost six years ago now, I just had this moment of like, boom, like an aha moment and where I, I had my hand out and I was drunk and I told myself I wasn't going to drink. And here I was again, drunk again. I didn't make it to work. I promised. And I meant it. I freaking promised with all of my heart I was going to show up. And, um, you know, I was shoplifting. I was, uh, I was a bottom of the barrel. Like I was a, you know, fall down lush, drunk, fall off the bar stool, like, I was, I like to say that I was like, if you ever seen uh Billy Bob Thornton in bad Santa, that was, yeah. <laughs> it was comical. I will say it was comical. I was in so much pain. And, uh, eventually I, I promised myself these things and I, and I, the more I tried to stop, the more like alcoholism took hold. And eventually I had this aha moment where I had my hand out and someone was like passing out pills or something. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know. And I was always so terrified of drugs. And I was at the point where like, I just didn't even care. I didn't care about me and I had my hand out and I remember I had this moment, like I got struck sober in that moment and went, Oh my God, I can't stop. And it just hit me. And I, and I knew the next day I had like my last whiskey ginger. It was like May 17th of 2017. And I knew something inside of me knew I was like, this is my last, my last one. Couldn't even finish it. And then the next day I, um, basically detoxed in my bed for a week. I don't remember it. Um, a friend of mine I had known who was sober, I reached out to her and I was like, I think I need help. And she was like, I've been waiting for you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, I knew this whole time. But you can't you can't reach us. If I'm not ready, I'm not going to hear yeah. you. And I'll push you away. And so she knew that if she, you know, told me about myself or try to like fix me or like, you know what I mean? Like some people want to like fix you and do that. No, she knew that if she did that, I would be, I would push her away. So she was there. She was an, she was a, um, an, an example in my life that you could go out and not drink. And she was just a calm kind of, you know, thing there. And I'm grateful for that. And she took me to my first, like, uh, um, 
you know, meeting, I've tried different programs and stuff, but yeah, she took me to that and, and, um, my journey began and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, she, yeah, to, for her to be like, I, <laughs> I saw it in you was that clarity that I needed of like, okay, got it. Like I am, uh, I am an alcoholic cause I was grappling with it cause I wasn't an everyday drinker, but I was an everyday user. I used something to escape my emotions every day. So in sobriety now, that's where the work began. Mm-hmm. That's where it really yeah. started because before it wasn't sticking. I could go to therapy all day long, but I'm not sober. <laughs> I'm not fully present. Now, oh my God, it's like the wool gets peeled back. The greens get greener. The colors, the feelings and the emotions. I cry out of nowhere. It took a while because at first I was like, screw that. I was like closed off. I was like, had a lot of trauma come out. I was yelling at some people. My first year was not, I was not a vision for you um, of like sobriety. But now it's like everything, everything is because of that. I have my own place. I, you know, have my own career going. I'm able to do this and be present. Like I, like I feel things so deeply and I get to show up for people and I get to show up for myself now, the self-love, self-respect, all of it. That's all because of sobriety all because of that and the work that I've done because of sobriety. So it's a big part. (laughs) And you mentioned going on six years and it's amazing that you have stuck with it and you feel that the change is there and that you're feeling amazing where you are today. And like you're sharing your story because a lot of times it's hard for people to open up about those things because nowadays in this day and age, people judge and oh, you yeah. have the courage to go out there and be truthful and honest. And that's what people love to connect is when they hear someone, they don't feel that they're alone. They feel that that person is, has, is out there talking about it. And I want to be able to learn from them even more. Can I just say, you are such a breath of fresh air. You are <laughs> lovely. The questions that you ask, your intuition, like this, just even tonight, like all of it, I'm just, I need, I just want you to know, like, I'm really, really grateful. Like you, this is, you are a lovely human being. You can feel that through Zoom. Um, so the reason why I'm saying that too is the, a lot of the questions that you've come up are like literally things that I'm in the middle of. I'm still in the middle of a spiritual journey. I'm, we don't really get away from that. I, exactly, I get to yeah. dig up more, you know? Yeah. I have had a lot of people in my life that have shamed me for um, using my voice, mm. speaking up. Um, I've had a lot of people that felt like I was too much. And and that, oof, it's still, ooh, that's still, that one still hurts my heart. I post things and I have to still be mindful of like, okay, am I still emotionally charged with this? Am I trying to throw shade at someone because I'm hurting? And that still will happen. I'm not perfect. I'll still post some things where I'm like, I hope that MF will sue that, see that shit, F you. I'm human. But when I get down to it, a lot of this is, I know I was put on this earth because I do have the ability to like be open and honest and authentic about like where I'm at and what I'm going through. And it's not easy. It is not easy. There are times I just posted recently about being in um, you know, whoever's been in toxic relationships, whether that's with, you know, bosses or employees or, um, you know, coworkers or friendships or family members, the enmeshment that happens with family members, the toxicity, um, and relationships, significant others. And it was difficult because, you know, all I can do is express and share my journey about things. And I, and I'm, you know, don't want anyone to like, feel like I'm attacking them or them take anything personally, but I, I share what I go through 
hopefully after I've kind of healed a little bit more for it because of that, someone wrote me yesterday in my DMs and I, I posted about like, you know, sometimes we stay in places a little too long and we know better. Mm-hmm. We see the red flags, we see them and you stay and you get, and for me, I know I'll, and I coach this, like you get mad at yourself because perhaps it doesn't work out or that person is the one that burns you. And you're like, I'm getting burned and I fucking saw it the whole time. The fuck? <laughs> you know, and we can get mad at ourselves and mad at the person angry when really what it is underneath is that I'm sad. I'm sad that I betrayed myself. Yeah. You know, and um, and so I posted something that was like, you know, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for staying in places a little too long when you knew you should have left. You know, forgive yourself for not using your voice when you needed to because you wanted to keep the peace. That's okay. That doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. It makes you compassionate. It makes you it makes you willing to show up for people and be there for others. And sometimes we choose the wrong people and realize that when someone's showing us that they can't even show up for themselves, it's going to be difficult for them to show up for us. And that's okay. We showed them love anyway. Um, and I, and I've known this through and through when someone shows you that like, they don't love themselves, they hate themselves. They don't know who they are. The biggest lesson for me is when I saw, when I see that someone is unable to, unable to like protect themselves, perhaps like they have abusive family members or whatever, um, or they aren't very good with setting boundaries in their life. That's a huge indicator that I'm like, oh shit, they are not able to actually like um, protect themselves. They're taking on stuff and it's, and they're going to get resentments and it's going to get icky in there. And if we're close and they've opened up and we've opened up to each other, I'm about to get that can of worms. Cause that's what a relationship does. A relationship is literally meant to like open your can of worms up and everything that's going on in your subconscious mind. And if you haven't opened up that can of worms yet, or if you're with someone and it's the first time that they're finally opening up their can of worms. Oh, ah. <sighs> You can get those projected onto you. It can be a little extra painful. And so I did post about like, you know, forgive yourself for staying and and doing that because it doesn't it doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong for being there. Um, and I had people write me and they were like, yo, this, I needed to see it. Like this happened to me. You know, I had someone write me that like there was a relationship they had years ago, a decade ago that still they couldn't let go of in their head because it hurt them so much. And some of my posts that I posted, like, gave them clarity finally. And I, you know, and I sh- and I asked a friend of mine if I could share what she wrote me, which was like, I, I'm just going through this. Like, I needed to see this. And I put that up and I was like, and I told her the truth. I was scared. So scared to post that. So scared. And people writing me back and going like, me too. I'm dealing with that. This gives me clarity. I have hope now. Now I can breathe. Now I can go to sleep. Now I can release this person. Now I can get the healing. I didn't realize this what this is what it was. And that like that. I get to help a few more people not have to go through getting their ass kicked with <laughs> some of the lessons I've already walked through. And it's just amazing, like one person writing can make such an impact for us. And I always say that, like, I've started to really share my story and one person reaching out makes my day. Then I don't need a thousand people. If a thousand people did, that's awesome. But (laughs) one person making a difference, that's what's valuable because that means everyone should have that 
ability to voice their story and be able to share. And that's what I do with this platform is everyone has a story. Some people are afraid to share, not ready yet. And people love to share because they see the value in what they're offering and sharing to listeners. Oh my God. Yeah. And it really is. I agree. It's that one person reaching out to me saying like, this helped me and this saved my life. Or like, now I can leave this person or now I can see what's going on here. Now I can heal. Oh my God. It's that's, that's all I need. But yeah, I, and I, I, I'm glad that people can know too, that it's like the people posting those things, those of us that are sharing our story. I'm not, I'm, I'm not without fear. Yeah. I'm not without like fucking tears when I'm posting that shit. <laughs> You know, and in utter fear because like I have been told and it's, you know, part of the work that I'm doing now is, you know, I've had someone tell me like, you know, oh, you, you know, you share too much or you, you know, you open up too much and it's, you know, too shocking for some people or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, ooh, you know, I don't, I don't want to offend people, but that's also what'll keep me, me diminishing myself and diminishing my light and not allowing myself to be authentic and human. Um, That'll keep me in staying small and playing small and being around people that actually honestly aren't authentic with themselves. And so when we start seeing that, and that's, I'm big on that one for anyone who's watching or reading this, one of the biggest things that I love is Marianne Williamson's, our, our deepest fear, our greatest fear. It's either our deepest or our greatest. It's one of my favorite poems, but she says, um, our deepest fear um, or our greatest isn't Coach Carter. I don't want to butcher it. Let me see what it is. It's either our greatest or our deepest. Our greatest. Oh, yeah. Our deepest fear. Our deepest fear is not that we is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, uh, basically, essentially. I'll paraphrase it. But that actually got me through some of the most darkest times in my life, which was um, – it's not my, it's not my darkness. It's not my human that scares me. It's me like actually taking up space and shining a light on things. And she talks in there about like, you don't serve anyone by playing small. You just don't. You do better when you shine and you get to like allow others to do the same, you know? And that's a big part of what I coach too. I'm like, no shine, take up that space. I don't care if you make mistakes. Your job is not to be perfect. It's to find people that you're safe to make those mistakes with. Yep. When Natalie is not working, what does Natalie enjoy doing? We like to let the listeners learn more about the person as we've been on your journey so far, <laughs> but on a daily or during this time, what do you enjoy doing? Uh, let's see. I'm a snowboarder, so it's snowboarding season. So as much as I can, I try and do that. Although right now I've been on... Um, Honestly, right now I've been, I've been a little under the weather, so I'm trying to take care of myself. But what I do is I usually like going to events and like going out and like listening to jazz music or like hanging out with friends. I'm a big creator. So anything that involves creating or creation or being with people where we get to create shorts, films, movies, projects, that's where you'll catch me. Masterminds. You'll find me in spaces where like one of my friends started a mastermind group where we all got together and we just exposed our shadow, the things that that we're working on, the things that we fear. And we started mixing with each other of like, hey, I'm struggling with this. What do you got? Oh, you need a website? I could do a website. I've got, that's what you're afraid of? Come here. I got you. Or like, oh, you need that? Boom, 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 boom. So I'm, I'm more like I get inspired by being around people who also want to help other people and like grow together. So you'll catch me in spaces like that, you know, um, I, 
movies, you know, going to the movies with my friends, mostly just being around my friends, my best friends, art, art and friendship. It's really, and reading. I'm usually, I'm an, I'm an introvert. So you'll find me a lot. Like when I'm not working, I'm, you know, usually creating some sort of silly reel. Cause I, I do like <laughs> creating, creating makes my soul happy. So as long as I can create it like a little bit or like a funny thing, like I'm like, okay, <laughs> especially something comedy wise. Um, and then, yeah, like I'm, I'm a big fan of like intentional meetups where it's like, um, supporting friends. I had a friend that did a poetry thing, you know, for Valentine's day and I got to go and do that. And there was jazz night. And I'm like, that's like certain things that like speak to my soul. I really like, but then I'm also active and adventurous. So I'm also the type where like, if someone's like, Hey, we're going to go to Italy, you know, for the weekend or well, not for the weekend, I'd have to go to 10 days, not for the weekend. <laughs> I'm very spontaneous too. So it's like, I'm a homebody. I'm a spontaneous homebody. So, you know, like if someone's like, all right, we're all getting together and driving off to the woods. I'm like, I'm in, I am, so <laughs> I am the, let's do it. And what do you need me to bring? <laughs> so that's, that's me. You'll typically, you'll typically catch me on a flight somewhere doing something right now. I'm a bit of a homebody and I'm, I'm, you know, home right now. Cause I'm a little under the weather, but also I have been, procrastinating and I'm overcoming procrastination and uh, I've been trying to build some programs for my coaching so that, that way I'm not just doing one-on-one but people can like buy like the coaching program and, and if it's cheaper and you know have that and um I'm facing my own fears of like you know um being exposed or saying the wrong thing or like not getting it right or not doing it right or you know so that's really I'm trying to like hunker down and be like no I'm getting this done I'm doing this thing so that <laughs> you talked about like traveling and stuff do you have a dream destination that's on that bucket list all of them all of them <laughs> all of them I want to get to the point where my dream would be that like I'm doing two huge movies a year I'm still getting to like help people and coach but more along the lines of like getting interviewed and like being able to share this information for fun and for free um, filmmaking, investing, like, you know, we're just learning everything, passing on the information, mostly filmmaking. And then just, I, I want to go everywhere. I want to, I want to see the world. I want to, I want to experience and learn and unlearn the things that I've learned being in America and stuff. I want to, I want to learn the world. I want to see, I want to travel different places and, um, be immersed. Um, Ghana, one of my friends is, um, what's, where is she? She's so one of my best friends is Haitian. Um, her she originally came from. Uh, why am I going to butcher that? Um, over in a, a place in Africa, it begins with a B, but I'm butchering it right now. And then I'm going to tell her about this, and oh, she's going to, and she's not going to get mad at me. But um, I'm just <laughs> blanking right now because it's, um, I'm on the spot. I uh, but there's certain like I w- I want to go to like all of these different places, and especially the places where like my friends have like connections to in some way. Mm-hmm. I want to go and like be in there and feel the energy. Cause like you go to different countries and cultures and different places and it's like the vibes, the energy, the essence, the, Oh yeah. You, you've experienced it's. Oh, so yeah, that's my, that's my goal. I don't have like a particular one. It's all of them. All of them. <laughs> and that's a good goal because it's not so limited where right. if you had a group of friends to say, Hey, we're going here. You're like, I'm in. Right. Oh, Oh yeah. Anywhere, wherever they want to go. 
The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? Ooh, it's literally my life. (laughs) Okay. The number one thing that I would say is don't do it alone. Do not do it alone. I did that for so long and it honestly took me a lot longer. I will say though that like you want to, you can write out. So if you're looking for a mentor, you're looking for a coach, you're looking for help, um, get around the people who are already doing this. Yes. It does. It hurts to say this. And I've had to lose a lot of friends and they've come back into my life. Some of them. Um, there are people that like were staying in the victim mentality and they weren't helping themselves and they were tearing me and themselves and other people down and burning us to the ground. And I had to let them go because I can't sit in your dumpster fire and be burned and then sit here and try and then like help other people. I can't, I have, I'm too busy now having to heal. So I did the, the step number one is who are you around? Are you uplifting each other? Are you around abusive people? Are you around people who inspire you and uplift you? Are you around people who nitpick and put you down? Are you around people who hate themselves and destroy their lives? Get away from them. With love, because you cannot, I'm not God. I don't save people. I don't rescue people. I'm not out there in the streets going like, do you need help? Here's my coaching. No, you, you come to me because when you're ready to do the work, we'll get into the work. Um, so you, you have to be willing. And then that, what that means though, is that like, when you see people who aren't leave them alone, leave them alone. They don't want, they want, uh, in my experience, um, when people don't have any other options left um, and they're burning themselves to the ground, they're actually finally able to hit a bottom and then they'll go get help. So hopefully if you're at that stage where you're hitting a bottom and you need that help, good. Write out what you're looking for. Bottom Rock bottoms have taught me things that mountaintops will never teach me. And I took that quote from somewhere. So no one put my name on it because <laughs> plagiarize it. But rock bottom has taught me things that a mountaintop will never, because I can't get to that mountaintop until my ass gets out of that bottom first. I had yep. to see that I was even in a bottom. We all have them. So bottoms are, um, find a, write down all the things that you're looking for in like a mentor or a guider or like, what, what are you doing? Start to be around the people that, um, that are doing that too. Ask them questions and then do not do it alone. There's 12 step programs for nearly everything. There's free programs if you need it. There's free webinars out there. Don't spend money on just anything. Like do your research first. Even for me, like, sure, I know how good I am, but I'm not for everyone. Like even with my clients, like I have a free discovery call. I don't know if I'm going to be able to help every, my ego tells me I can, but that's not the truth. (laughs) Do your due diligence. I'm, there's going to be some people that I can't reach and they're going to be better off with someone else. I swear in my coaching sessions. If So if people are like offended by swearing, like I won't be, which I don't mind. I just, I can't curtail that as much. Maybe, maybe in 10 years from now, but F it. I, you know, I do <laughs> swear. and, uh, but the, but it is the number one thing that I will ever say is don't sit there and effing self pity and go, I don't want to be a burden to anyone. No, you're not. And that's self pity. And that's also false pride. And it's ego still too. I had to learn that because I did that. I did that. I didn't ask for help. And what that does is you are being selfish. You're being selfish when you're sitting there in self-pity and you're not asking for help because we get a blessing when we help someone. When I offer help, especially when it's outside of coaching, I get a blessing. I get 
I feel amazing. I Something wonderful happens in my life. I don't know. I get a blessing. So when you are sitting there in self-pity and not asking for help, you're robbing people of getting a blessing. And not only that, it's a very one-sided relationship. You're over, most people that do that are like so easy to help other people. But then when it comes to like people wanting to get to be there for you, you're going, no. And that's mean and it's selfish and they don't get to be there for you. So it feels like a one-sided relationship. So I'm saying that on purpose. Anyone who's listening is going like, oh, get help, ask for help, ask other people. And then um, don't do it alone. Therapy, coaching. Um, Even for myself, I have two coaches and a therapist. Um, we have blind spots. I, in, even in my head, as good as I am, and I know about limiting beliefs and I know about fear, my limiting beliefs, my subconscious, my trauma, my pain, my whatever the things I've been through, I don't, I'm not married to them anymore, but they still will come up because they're still, I still respect my wounds. That's why I have boundaries. Um, they'll still come up and I can't always tell the difference between my voice versus the voice of like, you know, let's say some trauma thing that happened or a pain point that happened. I don't know. It convinces me that I shouldn't um, make this program that I should instead, you know, watch this TV show. And it, it sounds the same. I don't know. So I have people that know me that I trust that I've absolutely deemed safe that are able to go, Hey, Natalie, you remember when you said this, this actually might be coming from, um, you know, uh, a fear. So why don't you take a look at that journal, this write out this. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're right. You'll get a lot further and faster. Uh, and there's those of us that have already gone through this journey several times over. Like, why not just, you know, you can you can do it alone, I guess. We're not meant to, though. Again, back to what we talked about earlier, relationships. The whole point of life isn't about figuring it out and becoming some spiritual bypasser who says anger is a low vibration. Again, another topic for another day. But <laughs> life is about relationships. The one we have with ourselves and then the one that we have with others. So that's what we're all here for. I'm not a plumber. My If my pipes burst, I'm not doing that. I might try because I'm thick-headed. <laughs> I don't think I can do anything. But I keep, I've learned that too, that like there are certain things that like this is community. When I, have, when I have a problem with my car, I don't sit there and try and fix it myself. I go to a professional because that way, if I do it by myself, it's going to take a lot longer and there's going to be a lot more pain yeah. and there's going to possibly be an accident. So I go to a professional to to tune it up. So if you need a brain tune up, go to someone who's got some brain tools. <laughs> <laughs> well, Natalie, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we are excited to see what the future looks like for you. Thank you so much, Alex. This was such a beautiful conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Tune in next time to my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow subscribe to all major audio platforms. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. What path do you think you'll accomplish your goals? You decide.